reading from the book of Acts, chapter 27. Reading from the book of Acts, chapter 27. And as most of you know, we started last week on the, uh, the subject of weathering the storm. By the way, if you don't have an outline, please raise your hand. And Brother Steve will make sure that you get one. Weathering the storm. Five different sermons. Last week was the disciples in Jesus Christ as they weathered the storm. And some of the things that we learned, the storm often comes in the path of obedience. Let me say that again. The storm often, often comes in the path of obedience. The storm makes it often appear that Jesus don't care. The storm reveals the real enemy. The storm drives us to Jesus. The storm always reveals something new about Jesus Christ. The causes of life's storms, we've dealt with that, and we'll deal with that more as we go through, through this series. The causes, what causes the storms of life? Every one of us go through the storms. Some of the other questions is, what is the cause of the storm? What causes the storm to cease? What lessons are taught by the storm? And this morning, what I want to do is look at the lessons. I have 10 of them listed. But let me read some scripture, if you will. Reading from Acts chapter 27, beginning with verse 13. When the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their desire, putting out to sea, they sailed close to Crete. But not long after, a tempestuous headwind arose called Eurachlodon. And when the ship was caught and could not head into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the shelter of an island called Claudia, we secured the skiff with difficulty. That is a small boat. When they had taken it on board, they used cables to undergird the ship. And fearing lest they should run aground on the citrus, that is quicksand, they struck, struck sail and so were driven. Look at verse 18. And because we were exceedingly tempestuous toss or tempest toss, the next day they lightened the ship. On the third day we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. I'll get to that statement. Now when ne neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, when Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of the life among you, but only of the ship. Verse 23, For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that it will be just as he has told me. God bless the reading of his word.
ว้าว We just got a lot of good stuff happening in this morning in this service. We could have gone home after the praise and worship, and it would have been a great time. We could have gone home after Brother Larry shared with us. Been a great time. We could go home now. No, we're not going to go home just yet. Just hold on just a second. No, God's been so good to us today, and I really, I really am so thankful for all that He's done and the goodness of His love to us today. What I want to do is look at the uh, ten lessons learned from Paul's stormy voyage. Now I might not get to all of them today, but we'll start. By the way, we have some, and I have a little ring up here. I believe it is. Uh, I have some cards that I'd, I'd like for you to pick up before you leave. It's called "Weathering the Storm: Time-Honored Principles for Navigating Through Life's Storms." All of us at times go through storms. Most of us, if not all of us, know people that are going through storms, and so this is a real encouragement to people. And the front and the back, you can pick these up and use them as a tool to invite people to church. Uh, the Lord just really impressed me this week to invite people, and we were on the phone and calling and calling. I don't know of a one of them that's here, but they're going to come. God just needs to birth in us to invite people to church. Amen, and this is a good tool to invite them. So uh, we have them available for us, for you, some in the foyer, and uh, we'll uh, go from there. Look at the introduction. Uh, as she sung about the anchor, we have the anchor of God's presence. Uh, there stood before me this night an angel visited Paul. We have the anchor of God's peace. He said, "Be not be afraid." We have the anchor of God's plan, and we know uh, you must be brought, as he told Paul, before Caesar. And we have the anchor of God's protection. Not one person shall lose their life on this boat, let alone they won't even lose a hair on their head. And then we have not only the anchor of God's presence, peace, plan, and protection, we have the anchor of God's performance. It actually happened the way he said it was going to happen. Look at the introduction. Paul's dramatic trip to Rome was an eventful journey of faith against the most difficult of circumstances. There are forty-four verses in the twenty-seventh chapter of the book of Acts, and it's a recording of the trip or the path that the apostle Paul. Took. It was a very difficult process. One of the lessons we learn is that no matter how hard the enemy tries to stop God's work in a believer's life, believers can and we should trust God. The Holy Spirit, I love this, enables believers to trust God and persevere during difficult times. So if you're facing a time That is difficult. Rely first of all on the Word of God and trust God that His promises are true, and then rely, of course, on the Holy Spirit to undergird you that you might be able to persevere and to last and to go on during those difficult times. In spite of all that happened to to uh, Paul, he remained he remained focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 
1, verses 12 through 14. Paul's writing to the church at Philippi. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. I love that statement. He goes on in the 13th verse, so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord having become confident by my chains as much more bold to speak the word without fear. So Paul is saying what has happened to me has uh, certainly been because of the opportunity to spread and to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's notice the lessons that we learn from studying the 27th chapter of the book of, uh, of Acts. And I would encourage you sometime this week to take the notes, read this chapter, read it several times. I've enjoyed reading it with several translations. And if you'll read this chapter, it is an eye-opener for those of you and for others that may be facing storms or a storm in your life. Historians and archaeologists have used this chapter over the years in studying shipmanship and uh, and studying uh, a lot about the ocean. And so it is a very important uh, chapter. Number one, the path of Paul. This journey started in autumn and it did not finish until the spring did not end. The Apostle Paul on this journey went 2,000 and about approximately 2,250 miles. And if Jonathan can bring that up, I want you to notice where he went with the map that we have available for us. If you'll notice down, first of all, you have Caesarea down here. Paul served here. If you'll notice the dot, he served here two years in prison. And after that, they put him on a boat from Caesarea, and then they go up to Sidon, which is uh, about below Antioch there, about right here. And there, you notice they're hovering the, the coastline because of the ship, uh, because of the wind. And then after Sidon, he goes to Myra, all the way to right, 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 right there. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, and I want, you to, I want you to know this trip, as I said, was with danger and, and uh, a lot of happenings that the Apostle Paul certainly endured. After leaving Myra, he goes uh, to Sidus, C-N-I-D-U-S. The N is silent. He goes here, and then leaving Sidus, he goes to the little uh, island of Crete. And uh, he, he is there, and here is where the Bible says is Fair Haven. And that's where Paul tried to get them to stay. He said, there's going to be danger. Don't leave this island. And yet the, the centurion and the captain of the boat chose to leave. And that's when things started happening. The shipwreck and they landed or they were there in Malta, the little 
island of Malta. And there was a lot of zigzagging all through there. The ship was tossed and driven. And they stayed here for three months after uh, landing at this island. And then finally, they go up to Rome and uh, their final destination. So we have the path of the Apostle Paul and the ship that he was alone, was on. Now, when they left the island of Crete, the ship drifted for 14 days before it landed at Malta. They were afraid. They were These seamen and everyone practically on the boat was seasick, and so they had not eaten in days. They were afraid. In fact, the Bible says here that they had given up all hope. The perils of the Apostle Paul, there were contrary winds in verse 4 of 27, in verse 14. Of, in fact, several times it's speaking of the contrary winds. The trials and hurts we experience for Christ's sake build our character demonstrate our faith and prepare us for future service to the Lord. You said, but Perla Don, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I'm facing. You don't know what I've been through. Let's read a little bit about the Apostle Paul. Might make you feel better after reading this. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 22 through 28. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In laborers, more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons, more frequently. In deaths, often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Notice verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rods, and once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. So this was one, the, the fourth shipwreck of the Apostle Paul. Not only was he shipwrecked, but a night and a day I have been in the deep. In other words, he floated, not speaking of this fourth trip to Rome, but he floated all night and all day on something in the water. Can you imagine what he is going through? In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles and in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, and in sleepiness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. Whew. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. And you thought you were having problems. You thought you were really going through with it. And the Apostle Paul was there peril after peril after peril. Notice thirdly the presence of God in, uh, in the 27th chapter. Look at verse 
if you will, 23. There stood by me this night an angel of, a, of the God of whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. See, this is the comfort of the Holy Spirit that God gives His people when you're going through a trial. You ever been faced with a storm and you realize, hey, I need God? And you begin to pray and seek the face of God and God speaks a peace to you that passes understanding. It could be a storm of sickness. It could be a storm uh, that is a financial problem and it could be a storm of the family, of the children. No matter what that storm is, you and I, you and I can trust God in the very presence of the Lord. You know something that was interesting to me about the visit of the angel is that the Bible says here in this chapter that Paul did not know where he was. The sailors did not know where they were. They were tossed. But you may not know where you are in your walk with God as far as the storms that come upon you. But God knows where you are. And He knows how to get an angel where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you face. His GPS is always, on, is always accurate. He knows where you are. So the presence of God, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the things that I think was comforting to them is that the Apostle Paul said, you haven't eaten in, in days. Now I want you to take time before we throw over the grain, we throw the food over. They'd already taken and thrown over things. They'd thrown the tackle overboard by their own hands, things that would bring them down. I wonder if God would speak to you today to get rid of some things in your life. Maybe you're saying things, doing things that you shouldn't do. And God says, I want you to volunteer to get rid of the sin in your life. That's what it meant. They threw them over with their own hands. In other words, they volunteered to get rid of the sin. They volunteered to get rid of the weights and the things that would pull them down. They threw them overboard. And here he is saying to them, we want to eat now. And I think this was, this was a form of what we enjoyed this morning, the sacraments. I think this was a, a form of breaking bread before the Lord. Because the Bible says that Paul took the bread, he broke it, he blessed it, and he gave it. And everyone was encouraged. Had their circumstances changed? No. But their attitude had changed. They were encouraged because of the spirit, the presence, and also the promises of God. Notice verse 24. We just read it. I want to read it again. Saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. They needed courage to trust the promises of God. One of the things Satan tries to do when we go through our trials and tests and our storms, he tries to discredit the very promises and the word of God. But God is saying to you today, trust me, trust my word, rely upon my word, trust my promises. The message was a reminder to Paul 
of something that Christ had told him two years prior when he was in jail in Caesarea. I want you to look at Acts chapter 19, verse 21. When these things were accomplished, Paul proposed in the Spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem saying, notice this statement, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. But the following night, verse 11 of 23, the Lord stood by me, Paul says, and said, be of good cheer, Paul, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, you must also bear witness at Rome. The thing that the Apostle Paul did not do during this long, tiring, dangerous journey, he did not lose focus. He kept his eyes on the goal that God has set for him. He kept his eyes on the promises and he said this to those men. He said, this angel spoke to me and said thus to me and he said, I believe God. No matter the circumstances, no matter the trials, no matter what Satan throws at us, we're to stand and say, I believe God's word. I may be sick, I may not feel good, My children may be thus and so. My finances may be like this. But I believe God. I love the promises of God. And then we have the power of God. Look at verse 22. Now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you. But only the ship. Look at verse 34. Therefore I urge you to take nourishment, for this is for your survival, since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. 276 people aboard this ship. And the Apostle Paul has so much trust and faith in God follow me, listen to me, and the promises of God, that he can look at them and say, not one hair will be lost from your head. Not one person will be, uh, that will die. God is going to keep you and protect you and bring us all. That's the power of God. Notice what we have. Number one, if God can protect Daniel in the den of lions, three Hebrew men in the fiery furnace, and 276 men in a storm-tossed boat. He can and He will protect you. Amen? Amen? He will protect you. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what you're facing. So we have here the power of God. Even though their circumstances did not change, they still, Paul still, had faith in God. Notice also the plan of God. I just read those plans. The storm is going to end? No. Somebody said, is God going to keep me? He's going to take the storm away, the trial away, the temptation away, all this trouble I'm facing, what I'm going through. Is it it going to cease? Maybe, but maybe not. 
But that's when you trust God, when the wind still blows and the boat is still rocking and the sickness is still prevalent. God's plan, there will not be one lost. Though Paul ad, Paul's advice was rejected, he still cared for those men. You know what he could have said? I told you back at Crete. He did remind them. I told you back at Crete not to, not to leave, but you did. You're on your own. I don't care. I know God's going to take care of me because I'm going to Rome. I don't know what's going to happen to you. He didn't do that. And you know, we're saved today in this church. Probably as Brother Larry gave us the challenge, if we don't know Christ, we need to know Him. Most of us know Him. We're saved. Those people out there, we told them, didn't we? We preached it to them, didn't we? We let them know the truth, didn't we? Let them go to hell. Let them, let them, they're on their own. Listen, every one of us should be mindful of the fact, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to take somebody with me. They have rejected me. They have laughed at me. They have made fun of me. But I'm not going to give up on them. Wasn't that a great thought? Paul said, listen, not a one of you is going to lose your life. I know you didn't listen to me. I know how you felt about it. But now they were listening to him. Now they, they all had faith because they were encouraged because of the words of the Apostle Paul. Paul, God's plan. Look at number seven. The providential, providential work of God. Though the situation was hopeless, God was still in control. Paul arrived in Rome. His prayers had been answered through the mysterious workings of God's divine providence. Make no mistake about it. God knows where you are in your walk with Him. Make no mistake about it. God is there present with you. Make no mistake about it. God has a plan for you. Make no mistake about it. God's providential power is working in your life. Don't feel it. Don't see it. The boat still was tossing. In fact, the, bro- the boat broke up. And they lost the boat. But God's providential work was working in their life. Now I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Probably you said, I have no hope. It's pretty hopeless with me. But God knows where you are. Nowhere, as long as your hand is in the hand of God, is hopeless. No situation is hopeless. No circumstance is hopeless. Notice number eight, the purpose of God. Verse 24, God's purpose was to carry the Apostle Paul to Rome. God's purpose was, was, was that he would witness in Rome. Look at verse 24. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. God's purpose is that the gospel go to Rome. Why Rome? Why Rome? 
Why was God wanting the Gentiles to hear? Because the Jews had rejected the gospel and God says, I'm going to reach out to the Gentile. And this was God's sovereign act that the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ might be preached to the sinner at that time of the world. And that was wrong. Italy. God was not about to let the Apostle Paul be destroyed. doesn't matter what you're going through. doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter where you are in your walk with God. The one thing that God wants you to know is that He wants you to preach, to teach, and live the gospel. And any way the enemy can get you to focus off of that one important principle, That God has you to win those around you. God has you to preach and to be a witness to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. All this other, Satan was trying to stop him. All this other, others got him in trouble. If they listened to him, they'd not been out on the rough seas, but they didn't. And there's others that that, that has wrapped you up. There are others that have pulled you into their dysfunction. And the one purpose that God has in your and my life is that we focus on the kingdom. Not focus on the problem. Not focus on what someone else is doing. Not focus on where America is at this time and we need to know and pray for America. Anything the enemy can do to cause us to focus on our children, on our grandchildren, on the preacher, on our problems, on our sickness. Everything the enemy has to throw at you, it's to get you to focus on those things rather than what God has called you to do. It's a good place to say amen right there. Amen. Paul would not let anything deter him. Paul would not allow anything to distract him. And what the enemy is trying to do, no matter the storm you're facing, no matter the circumstances that you're in, he is trying to thwart God's purpose in your life. Don't let him. Don't allow it. I'm going to Rome. I'm not going to let the ship The sailors, the centurion, the captain, the storm, the breaking up. I'm not going to let anything stop me. Did you know when he got to Malta? Did you know, you know the story, most of you, chapter 28. You know when he got to that island? You know what happened at that island? Those islanders, those people, they showed them so much kindness and so much love. And they were cooking and Paul went to gather sticks and a serpent was in those sticks and it latched on him. A very, very dangerous, venomous serpent latched on him. Paul did not allow the kindness. You know, he could have said, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to stay on this island. I like it here. They've rolled out the red carpet to me. He didn't allow the kindness he didn't allow the, the, the comfort of that. It was raining and cold and they were drenched and the, 
and, and the islanders built them up a fire. And they were sitting by that fire and they were eating and enjoying that. Paul said, I'm not going to let the comfort of this island. I'm not going to let the snake bite. I'm not going to let the shipwreck. I'm not going to let the centurion. I'm not going to let nothing stop me from doing what God has called me to do. Now, when you leave here this week, you'll be faced with, 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 with things in, in your life. Good things. But we need to say right now, God, this coming week, I want to win a soul to Jesus. I'm not going to let a ball game. I'm not going to let sports. I'm not going to let television. I'm not going to let what my wife does or does not do. I'm not going to let anybody stop me from reaching my goal. It's good. The purpose of God. The purpose of God. God wanted Paul to minister to the pagans. I don't have time to go into that island of Malta. did a little bit. But listen at me. Paul must take the message of Christ to the world's center and influence and power. There are people in your community. There are people on your job. There are people, we need to be busy, folks. There are people that you come in contact. You are the only one that will reach that individual. And the devil will try everything he possibly can. And he will, listen, Billy Graham will not reach them. No preacher will reach them. No church will reach them. But you can reach them. Don't let the enemy thwart the purpose that God has you there. He may have you at that job just to win some soul to Jesus Christ. He may cause you to have you to go by a, a, a particular place like a restaurant. That waitress, that waiter. Somebody. See, God is out to win the loss. And we forget that sometimes. And we get carried away with all the other stuff in life. And we forget the most important thing. A soul that is weighed in the balance and found wanting. I've got to go on. The proclamation of the gospel. I would like for you to read that, verses 23 through 31. I don't have time. In chapter 28, you ought to read. It would be great to read how Paul arrives in Rome and how that he preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The proclamation of the gospel and then the praise of God. May the glory of God be the guiding principle for our lives. 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for what? 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. I've hurried through it maybe a little bit too fast. But I wonder where your faith is today. Am I being distracted? It's so easy to allow sickness. And I, know, I understand sickness. I mean, I understand it. But it's so easy to allow sickness, preachers, television, money, whatever. 
trials, storms. It's so easy to get us to thinking about those things rather than thinking, Lord, who can I win today for Christ? There's two ladies here today that God has touched their lives. I want to hear about it. Come and talk to me. I want you to give a listen to what God is doing today through this ministry. Everybody, I didn't have permission for this part. You guys go ahead and come up here. But uh, as we look around at these seats here, all the empty seats, that's every one of our faults that are members of this church. Now, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't always invite people to church. But if we did, each one of us did, we'd fill this up. And the word we just heard was so powerful. We need to get busy, folks. We need to fill these seats up. And I haven't, I'll be sharing sometime soon here. The Lord's working on me big time. But at the beginning during the praise and worship, that was so awesome. But I sat there, you know, how great is our God? Angie and I are blessed to have two of our daughters here today. And if I had my way right now, I'd have about 50, probably around 55 other daughters that are occupying the women's pot of the Durham County Jail here with me. But as the praise and worship was being sung, I had to come to the altar because of the things that were going on in my mind is when I saw these two walking Holloway Street. And these two just wasn't average prostitutes walking Holloway Street, both of them heroin addicted. They were two of the, the most ruthless prostitutes on Holloway Street. Donna, pull your sleeve up. The devil's not taking no more her flesh. These two will never be back out there. I'm not saying they've arrived. They've got a ways to go, just like your kids. They're coming in, you know, different. One won't listen all the way. One won't shut off the lights. But uh, they're coming. And the biggest thing is, is they're in this church. They're no longer on Holloway Street. This one showed up. I was studying this morning, meditating in the Word, and a knock on the door, or I don't know, around 7 o'clock this morning or something. I'm wondering who in the world is showing up at my door, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. But Brandy, the, the Lord's tugging on her heart. Be praying that this girl surrenders. But many more we have out there. This week, I just can't get it on my mind. I had one that both of them know very well. She's got her foundation out. She's trying to patch up the needle holes in her head. 
blood, putting that foundation all over, trying to, to stop that. I'm believing she's going to be sitting in these seats. But people, we need to do our job to get these, get, every one of us knows somebody that's on their way to hell. We need to wake up and get about the Father's business. Thank you, Pastor.